Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's an awesome honor to be with you. Um, I never take uh, for granted any opportunity to speak, especially when it's about what the Lord is doing outside the four walls of the church, uh, something that I'm excited about. Um, and I tell you, uh, my pathway here um, was one that uh, I'm gr- very, very thankful to, to have, and that's um, relationship with uh, your senior apostles, Greg and Julie Bailey. Would you mind honoring them again just for a second? So. Uh, they're amazing, and as I said, uh, Pastor Brad was not here Thursday night, but unfortunately he got the short straw and had to pick me up at the airport the other day, um, and then his uh, brother-in-law had the other short straw, and he got to take me to lunch, So, uh, which is probably a shorter straw because he had to pay for my lunch, too, so it, made, it, made, it was actually a blessing, and so that, that is all good. You know, hanging out with, y'all get Greg and Julie all the time. Uh, we and Destin get them twice a year, and so we're extremely thankful for that, and then we also had the benefit one time of having Barb come. And, um, and, it, and we love Greg and Julie, but that's like the secret sauce coming in. She's like, uh, comes in stealth, uh, leaves a blessing behind, and she'll be coming back again this fall. So it's an honor to have her come over to us. Um, but hanging out with her house, I kind of, it's almost like, you know, the Bible says we're supposed to go from glory to glory to glory. It's, it's almost like staying with them is like you're in one atmosphere of glory. And then we load in the car and we go to the store and then we, it's like another thing of glory. Then we go somewhere else and it's like, it's like going from glory to glory to glory. And God's almost telling me like that's how we should be living our life. Whether it's going to the store, getting a coffee, going to church, uh, going home. It should be a continuous residue deposit made from glory to glory to glory to glory. And so anyway, I, y'all get the benefit of them. And of course, um, Brad and Sarah, they're amazing. And um, Ben and uh, Dechelle. Okay, and then, well, anyway, it's an honor to meet you guys. So, and I got to watch cricket yesterday, and I feel like I know the rules pretty well. Um, so I feel like I'm kind of getting baptized by fire in a good way. Um, I'm going to, so you'll, you'll forgive me, I'll probably turn, look back a little bit. Um, it is a credible honor, and uh, Pastor Brad, I have to say I love one God, one church, one city. Um, that is a, a cry of my heart because it's, it's kingdom. Um, I, I don't see what, you know, God just put a burning in my heart uh, years back that I don't, I don't go through town, I don't read the Bible and see, I don't read uh, uh, Revelations where it talks about Jesus coming back. I never once see it say that he's coming back for the Baptist church on Main Street or the Methodist church on First Avenue. The Bible says he's coming back for the church of the city, right? And so I've, I've got a burning passion with that. When you see one God, one church, one city, it tells me God's in this house and doing something. He's stirring the waters here with a passion that's near and dear to his heart because it aligns with his heart. And so I just want to encourage you guys, you're in a great house, a house that's seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. As such, all things can be added, and I believe that's what God's doing in this place. So that's the wineskin I come from. That's where I'm looking to, to be part of and impacting as I celebrate Every local body, every congregation, I celebrate them, the call and passions of God upon them. But my greatest joy is seeing when the body of Christ links arms and leaves their congregation and invades the city they're called to with transformation signs and wonders taking place. That's fire, that's kingdom, that's city transformation. And so that's, what, uh, that's when I speak, uh, I speak from that lens, from heaven to earth mindset of we're one body in the city, we're called to bring change as the body of Christ, um, if I was up here and did not have one in my arms, I could still do a lot of stuff. But the fullness is when every, all, there's many parts, but it's one body. And so I celebrate your tagline on that. I uh, want to share just a couple quick testimonies. Um, I love that uh, testimonies inspire us because in Revelations 19, 10, it says it's the testimony of Jesus Christ as a spirit of prophecy. And testimony means what? means to do again. So once he's done one, for one, he'll do again. And so I, I, we love to share testimony of what God's doing outside the four walls because it inspires us to say, if he did it there and did it for that one, then he can do it for me. Uh, this past week, uh, we had the, the blessing, a couple, oh, I got blessing of the fleet. I didn't change that. No, it is a fleet. It was a fleet. Yeah. And Destin is called the blessing of the fishing fleet. This is the milk truck fleet. Um, but we did that this past Tuesday down in Teramutu. Uh, incredible honor to be there uh, with Greg and Julie and the team. Um, just an amazing presence of what God did to bless a fleet of almost 40 trucks. Um, just lay hands on them, bless them. Uh, God kept telling me it's like, a, it's like the Calvary when they go out. They're, they're just continuously bringing hope to the city. Uh, but the drivers need to know that. And so we just bless them. And um, I, I don't know if this will... Yeah, I mean, right here, if you can see this. These, and I shared this Thursday night, but... If that, the, the, the dairy industry in Teramutu makes up 50% of the economic impact of the city. 
And I could tell by some of the ones that we were there with, I doubt the cities ever thanked them for their gift to the community. But this team up there was holding signs up like, we appreciate you and thank you. And I, I mean, I could tell you the drivers were so inspired, they would leave the parking lot waving back at us. One took photos of us just waving signs, and all we were simply doing was saying thank you. And I can tell you, when you start thanking people for what they do every day, where no one else thanks them, and you honor their gift, you start bringing a shift in their heart. And I tell you, the, the, the one that rocked me the most, and I shared it Thursday night, this guy right here, he is the plant manager over all the maintenance area. When they asked him a couple years ago to come bless the fleet, the first response was no. I think last year there was some consideration, but this year he first made room to come in and pray from the outside. And then uh, three or four days prior to us going, God opened up that door to get on the inside. It's good on the outside, but even better on the inside, amen, start laying hands. And so anyway, this guy right here, when we're across the street, he, I mean, it's kind of hard to see, but he's standing over here looking back at us. And um, his face is, I told my wife, that's the, probably the strongest thing I'm going to take back with me to America was the look on his face. That to me was more than a thousand words. When he was, he almost looked was, I cannot believe there's a group of people out here going crazy for us and thanking us when no one else in the city had. It's a game changer. I believe it's an atmosphere shifter over the city of Teramutu, and I think God's going to continue to do some stuff there. So we had the honor to be there. And then we did the Day of Blessing, uh, which you can tell it's a packed house, huh? A lot of people, you know, Jacob didn't think it was kind of cool just to show up and kind of hang out in the bushes while God was out there by himself. Jacob got into the wrestling match with the angel and said, I will not let go until you bless me. There's something purposeful when you kind of pursue the blessing of God. And when the brethren dwell together in unity, God says it's not a good thought, it's not a good consideration. He actually says in Psalm 133, that's where I command a blessing, when the brethren come together. So this is a city, um, about 12,000 people, they're packed in the room. You see, of course, apostles uh, Greg and Julie up here just blessing everybody. It was a great turnout, so it was just a, an honor uh, to come down and be part of what God was doing there. Uh, but now we're back in Brisbane. And I love this, uh, I'll ask Greg to confirm it, where it says, it's a sunshine state. And so I only ask about that simply because where I'm from in Florida is also called the Sunshine State. So I believe that God's allowed me to serve in one capacity in a state on the other side of the world, also called the Sunshine State, so he could create an opportunity for me to come to the other side of the world in Sunshine State and have some authority to release what he's doing there and the same thing here. The same thing God's doing in that Sunshine State is the same thing God can do in this Sunshine State, even though it's halfway around the world. Amen? And so I'm excited that when I saw that, it's like, all right, God, you've given me an open heaven now to go and bless a city and a state just like you're doing back home. I want to open with some scripture, and then I'm going to play a video here in just a few minutes, and I'll get into today's message. Matthew um, 5. I'm going to read a couple scriptures, actually, then I'll get into it. Matthew 5, uh, 13 through 16 says, You are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, a city set on a hill which cannot be hidden. For no one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light for everyone in the house. And I'll read from 1 Thessalonians um, 1, verses 2 through 10. We always thank God for all of you and pray for you constantly. As we pray to our God and Father about you, we think of your faithful work, your loving deeds, and your enduring hope you have because of our Lord Jesus Christ. We know, dear brothers and sisters, that God loves you and has chosen you to be his own people. For when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. So when we brought you the good news, it was not only with words, but also with power. For the Holy Spirit gave you full assurance... That what we said was true. And I love where it goes on in verse 7. It says, as a result, you have become an example to all the believers in Greece, throughout both Macedonia and Achaia. Achaia? Achaia? Hello, I'm, that's in tongues for some of y'all. Y'all can interpret that. I, 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 thank you. Amen. And then at 2 Thessalonians, again, dear brothers and sisters, we can't help but thank God for you because your faith is flourishing and your love for one another is growing. We proudly tell God's other churches about your endurance and faithfulness and all the persecutions and hardships you're facing. What I love about what God is describing there in Thessalonians is Paul, who was sent on one of his journeys there a couple times, you know, went through one time, this is a letter he's writing back, and he's, his purpose is to encourage the church and then also remind them. 
And as he's encouraging them, as he's blessing them, he's reminding them that, hey, what you did, your love for one another, it wasn't that he, was, he said your love, your faithfulness, and your hope towards one another became of such reputation and of such encouragement to him that that church of that city then became one of the ones he would brag about as he went on his other journeys around the world. And I believe the church of the city is meant to be just that. That if we are doing what God's asked us to do, not, I mean, love, basic, it's core, it's foundational. Hope, an issuer of hope, a distributor of hope, and of faith. That is, that's the ingredients that God says, you do that well, you become a poster child of other cities so they can catch the fire of what you're doing there around the world. And I love that because what God's done in the city of Destin, Florida, where I'm at, it's not that we've done anything special or better than anyone else because we haven't. In fact, me becoming mayor, God said, it's time to reposition you now. You were in a, this thing, now you're, now you're pastor of a church of 13,000 people. And what God's, because that's our city's population. And so what God's doing here, it's now time to spread. And you think you're here to head, you're here to serve. And that's the leadership role of God's people. Is you want to go higher, you better go lower. And so I believe if God's going to do that in my city, I better humble myself and share the good news of Jesus Christ of what he's doing in my city so that fires and embers. And I believe right here, even in this city, right here in this church, as the word was even given, there's, someone, there's ones here, they're, they're, you're sitting on some embers waiting for someone to stoke the fire in you. Oh, Mel, you don't understand. I'm doing, I work at this plant. I work at this job site. I do. You know what? You are inspired and on fire for, to serve God right where you're at. And I shared that Thursday night. Some of you just simply need to be reminded that you are a son and a daughter of God. You are a child of the king. You are the physician's assistant. You are the ones called to radically change and impart life into the city. And it starts this morning by just catching the fire of what God's doing. I'm going to play just a quick video. Um, and it's a song that um, I've pl- I started my year out this year. And I cannot seem to shake it. And um, my, uh, the Business Empowered, as, as Pastor Brad talked about, I've played it now twice there. And each time I continue to see it, God gives me greater revelation into it. But I just want to show you the video now. That's just good stuff. That video rocks my world. Let me tell you why. With all due respect, pastors, Brad and Sarah, I love that video because, because you do this too, you're, all, you're outside the four walls. Every one of that video is like a piece of the puzzle. And they're wandering through life with their struggling with their identity of sorts. And they're carrying their identity with them. And they're going down the streets. And all of a sudden, it's like a clarion call is made. And the body's saying, come. And they go to this moment in time where they're gathered in this place, and they're, putting their, they're finding their place on the wall. What am I called to do? Am I significant? Oh, yes, I am. And here's your place. And it's almost like God's telling each one of them, each one of you have a significant place in this city, that if you don't do what you're called to do, this city is not 100%. But what you don't understand is there's other men and women of God just like you looking for their place in the city, trying to find their spot on the wall. What God continues to remind them is that, hey, look around. Look at your brothers and sisters in Christ. Study In one accord it says there's boldness. When you can go out and look at who you're co-laboring with, it's almost like they came to a meeting spot and realized, oh, I didn't know they were a Christian. Oh, I didn't know they were a Christian. Oh, she is, he is. Oh, my gosh, now we're an army. That it's almost they come to this meeting spot, put their picture on the wall, giving themselves identity. Oh, yes, I am significant. Oh, I only clean up the trash. You're significant. Oh, I'm CEO. You're significant. Oh, I'm homeless. You're still significant. And then they go back out to the street, and there's more of them going back out there. They're joyful. Do you see their demeanor? They're, they're like, woo, yeah, let's go out and take the city. That's why it's important you co-labor as the body of Christ in your city, knowing who you're hooking arms with. Because to invade the city and to go after the city, you need the body. To be the body. And that video to me all just inspires me because then you become a city on a hill. And I believe Brisbane, third most, you know, largest city uh, or, uh, in, the sta- in, the, in the nation, amazing popular tourist destination, just like Destin. Just, just the same thing. 
Numbers, hey, whether it's 13,000 or 2 million, that, that, that's insignificant to God. You can still impact it the same way. Don't, get, don't let the size of the city inter- intimidate you. It shouldn't at all. But you have the benefit of the same thing we do. Oh, Mel, I'll read the scriptures. It says, go ye therefore in the world. You know what? It does say that. You know what the benefit you have? Is the world's coming to you. Now, what are you doing with what you've been given? That's the, that's the challenge we all... I know I, I get challenged that every single day of my life. God, what am I doing with what you've been given to me? Because the question is this, as is a, is a community. Our history in Christ as a city will be remembered for what we do with what he's given us. Our history in Christ as a city. Think about the generational memorial stones that you can think about in this city. Tangible moves of God where he showed up and did something. Is the story being retold? Is the story being repeated? I think it's up to us in this moment of time to do what, be faithful to what God's given us. What are you known for? I will look at this thing. I mean, oops. Oh, boy. Hallelujah. Look at that. I found your seal uh, for Brisbane. I love it. And I, granted, I may not say it correctly, but Meliora Secormir. Secormir? I just like, look at that, right? Look at those first three letters. I say, hallelujah, I'm in a safe place because my name's in it. So I feel like I'm amongst my people. It's got to be good. But I love it. It says, we aim for the best. All right, if that's a, that's a decree over you as a region, as a state inside of Australia, we aim for the best. If, you're, if that's already decreed over you, can you look back and say, yes, I'm aiming for the best of God's goodness. My walk with God reflects that I aim for the best. My discipleship in the city, in the marketplace, where I work, in my cubicle, in my family, in my home. Am I aiming for the best? Well, it's already a declaration over you because that's what you're known for already. So if you're all these great things and a popular tourist destination, as I challenged the group Thursday night, I think it goes to say we need to add the comma after the statement that says, now what? If you're the third largest city in the nation, comma, now what? If you're a popular tourist destination and the world is literally coming to your doorsteps, comma, now what? You've got to start asking these questions with what God's given you because your moment in time, your recorded history is going to be what you do, how faithful you were with what God's given you as a city. I think it starts uh, simply with loving God and love others. I mean, I I said this Thursday night. I mean, the Bible, I mean, the world's hungry. The world's starving for the church to love them because we we say we're loved. And I love the song, they'll know we are Christians by our love, by our love. They'll know we are Christians. And I can't sing like Pastor Sarah, but they'll know we are Christians by our love. I mean, I don't care if you can preach the pain off the wall. They're going to remember you, did you love me well? Are you going to browbeat the fire out of them because they didn't get saved on the moment? They're going to remember you if you love them well. And the biggest thing I love to do in my city is to go out and love people well. I don't let them know that I do. I, most of the time, I don't even tell people I'm mayor. Because I don't want a preconceived thing. I want to get on my knees and love the hell out of them. Right? That's how the world is starving for the church to love them well. Secondly, a city in one accord. And I, I won't go too deep on that because I hit this some the other night, but... I, just get out Acts and study with the church, the back, not the, I learned, forgive me, because I said this down in New Zealand, and, and, and I said the backside of obedience, and they said, Mel, that's somebody's fanny. But it's the, fi- the was that right? What's the backside of my obedience? The front, oh, never mind. The follow-through of obedience. What, what did I do wrong to that one? Just move on. Hallelujah, just move on. Lord, bless that man. Lord, give impart the Australia, amen. So just the follow-through. If you read on the, on the, when you read scripture, after it talks about the, when the brethren were in one accord, just study that. And read the amazing things they were able to achieve when they came together in one accord. I mean, none lacked. I love that. None lacked. Boldness. Holy Spirit poured out greater signs and wonders. Miracles everywhere. All got healed. That's, that's the, the blueprint for each one of us. And a lot of people will say, well, Mel, oh, your city's only 13. I don't care if you're, you know, then go bring it down to your city block. Bring it down to your, your office place. Make it to an area where you can see the opportunity before you to love well 
to work in unity, and to release heaven. A city of family and honor. Got that right. Got that right. Amen. Family. Let me just, and I'll just go hit this quick because I want to get on honor. And Destin, um, the, before I took office, God told me two things. First of all, you're going to further a culture of family, and you're going to foster a culture of honor. Further a culture of family and foster honor. What does that mean? Well, in our city, as I said, we're 13,000 people, but we, and that's our coast right here, and we have different pockets of town. And I could kind of equate them maybe to different neighborhoods here in Brisbane. Uh, you leave this place, maybe different pockets of town or subdivisions, whatever the case may be. We're extremely fragmented. You, you'd go into a, a neighborhood and they think, well, we know because we're this neighborhood, we got it going on, we're cool, we have this kind of thing, or that neighborhood's that. They preconceive, they judge other places. And it, what it creates, it creates this fragmentation. It creates division. It drives a wedge between us and them. It creates an us and them attitude, even amongst believers. Oh, you go to that church. Oh, oh, brother. Oh, you're that. Fragmentation. What God told me was that our, we have in our city, and again, we have one. I mean, it doesn't matter. It just make it palatable for here. We have one zip code, 32541. So what God told me, start hammering people in a lovingly way. And I don't, you know, but stay on this, stay on point, that the minute you strapped on 32541, you became family. The minute you came into that city, if you live there, you're, and you're living there, if you live on the outside, if you become, you do anything within the gates of our city, you're now to me family. We need to honor each other that way. We need to celebrate each other that way. And I don't know about you, but when Greg and Julie come over to America and they say, oh, where are you from? They don't tell me they live, oh, really, I'm from Troon Drive um, in Brisbane. Or I'm from such and such town. They say I'm from Brisbane, Australia. So when people go from my city somewhere else, I don't want them to say, oh, I'm from Crystal Beach. No, I'm from Destin, where it's an identifier. Where I went to school is called Florida State University in Florida, and I was a business major. My wife is a communications major. When we go around town and people say, where'd you go to school? I don't give them some long dictation to say, oh, brother, let me tell you, I went to the business school here. I say, no, our our, um, mascot is a Seminole. I say, no, I'm a Seminole. So the bottom line is when you're starting to decree where you're from, start decreeing like we're all on the same team. Because the functionality is one, you know, cricket, there's batsmen, there's all kinds of uh, ballers, fielders. But they're still Team Australia, right? We're watching them yesterday. You're still the same team. You just have different roles to play. So start thinking of yourselves as family. Um, and again, Brisbane the same way. The second part is honor. And this to me is, this to me is, I mean, it grants the title of the book because I think it's, a, it's, the, it's the celebration point that becomes the game changer in people's lives. And honor to me is something that God, um, that I, I absolutely love. I mean, because people, uh, people will, Mel, how come, you, you know, you're the mayor, you can, you know, hanging out with, like, you know, we, in our city we have some developers and some ones that are, are you know, they're significant, significant net worth and, um, and, and all that kind of, well, well, you're mayor, but you know, how, you know who I love to spend the time with almost the most? is the homeless. Because I know how to honor them the same way I honor the CEO. And the problem is most people want to cast away the homeless because they think you're worth nothing. But the call of God on that person's life is just the same as the call of God on the other. They're just called to a different sphere of influence. Because I believe honor is celebrating who a person is, not what they're not. And a lot of times people want to celebrate what a person's, and that's the enemy's plan. Enemy's always going to tell us what the other person's not. I want to focus on what God is doing, not what he's not doing. I want to give thanks for what God is doing, not what he's not doing. I want to celebrate what God is doing in my city, not what he's not. Oh, Mel, you know, we're not going to make it. There's sickness. You know what? Four people got healed last week, and I want to celebrate those four because I know God's a God of multiplication, and what he did for that one, he could do for 50 others. I want to focus on what God's doing in my city, not what he's not doing. The enemy will always remind us and show us what he's not doing. Don't get sucked into that. That creates division, turmoil, strife, confusion, doubt, all the tactics of the enemy. That's what's birthed from that. Celebration, love, honor, joy, peace, provision, protect. All those things come from seeking the heart of God and what he is doing. Honor, celebrating who a person is, not what there's not. Oh, I'll, the other thing about honor. I mean, this is the, talking about celebrating, um, you know, some of the, you know, it's easy to understand if you're like on a board somewhere or even in church today and, um, you know, we're, we co-labor together in Christ. We're doing these things. It's easy to honor each other in the house of God because that's a mandate of the church. You know, we come and we got to honor everybody or whatever. What irritates me more than anything is when the people come in and it's, they find a certain atmosphere where you can honor in that atmosphere, but then they leave 
that surrounding, or they leave the boardroom, or they go somewhere else, and they may go through the drive-through of McDonald's or Happy Jacks, or is that right, Happy Jacks? Happy Jacks, Hungry Jacks, Hungry Jacks. I don't miss too many meals. I love eating. That's good. So, but you can, you can go to this thing and you honor somebody, but you can go through there, and if they don't give you the right kind of ketchup packet, you rip their head off. Right? I mean, we, I see it all the time where I can, it's easy to honor because it's cool in my setting, but when I, once I leave, the, that's where I want to challenge people, is honor someone even when it hurts. Find the good in that situation. I mean, I, and this is going to be, I mean, a tale long, and I'm sorry about that, but when I, when I, after I became mayor, in our city, the real estate industry is really big, really important, because we sell a lot of second homes, investment properties, and things like that. And a lot of times you'll find in that industry, the person who sells the house, the saleswoman or salesman, are usually the glorified, in our city at least, they become the glorified one. Oh my gosh, woo, look what he sold. Man, he's cool. Wow, we, man, guys, he's a salesman. You, you almost, it's, it's crazy. And I've been on the receiving end on some of the ones that have sold something because I used to be in the mortgage industry. And if you didn't do what they wanted, they would, they would let you know not very happily either. And so I called this meeting. I had 150 people show up, and I said, I want to focus on two things, family and honor. And I went through family. The honor part was simply this. If you're, is anybody here in real estate? So, okay, you'd, you'll comprehend all this. Okay, if you sell, are you in sales, sales, houses, investments? Okay, and what do you do? You were in sales. Okay, so you're on the investment side. Okay, so if you, so, if you sold a house, okay, and the person needed financing, and if they could not get financing, what would happen? It wouldn't close. If, do, you have to, do you require surveys over here, plots of land and stuff? If, about title, clear title, home inspections, things like that? If, they, if those failed, would, even though you sold the best house in your block, would, that loan, would it close? Exactly. My whole point is this. You can sell the best thing in, in the real estate industry, but if you can't get financing, it's not closing. If you can't get a home inspection, it's not closing. If you can't get clear title, it's not closing. If you can't get home insurance, it's not closing. So the bottom line is you know, they may dishonor the home inspector because, oh, that's just a home inspector. I'm the same. Nah. -uh. You better celebrate everybody on the team because the harmony that takes place in that industry comes from everybody working together as family within that industry. And every other industry is the same way. But if you can take that same mindset, well, Mel, they just clean up the trash. You know what? If that person becomes on fire with the call of God in their life, this city could become the most sparkling, beautiful city because there's not a cigarette butt anywhere to be found because they honor their job. And if we start celebrating them and honoring them, it's a game changer because you recognize the importance, the integrity of what they bring to the table. So honor. The second part is O. At first, H O, one city, one family, unity. Our hit on that. The N, not allowing outside influences to affect the city. But why is that important? Well, I think it's important because we're all called to be watchmen on the wall. We're all called to be watchmen on the wall. What does that mean? I believe it means two things. First, a watchman is positioned on the rampart, positioned higher. He's looking here. She's looking out. They're looking in. So I think the first thing, you're looking externally. What's on the horizon? What's trying to come into this city that can affect the DNA of this city? Are there things trying to come into the gates of the city? Are there, 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 there industries trying to come in that will hurt family? Are we, what's, what's important to the city? Well, if it's this thing, what, in fact, what impacts that? We need to be watchmen. Then we got to turn around. Oh, my gosh, look, this is trying to come into And sound the alarm. Don't sit on that. You're watchmen. Second thing, you're looking internally, inside the gates. Okay, what's going on? Oh, my gosh, there's sex trafficking. There's drugs. There's manipulation. There's corruption. Whatever. Sound the alarm. We're watchmen. If that's important to the city, this is our city's DNA. That's our history. That's what we're made of. That's what's our identified. That's us. Well, if something's trying to affect that, your foundation Guess what? If your foundation crumbles, you're not standing. You've got to maintain that foundation. It's what keeps you solid. You've got to sound the alarm. The other O is serving others, others-minded. becomes a game changer. I mean, there's a pastor in our, in our city that would go out and would go to the, uh, the food pantries and police stations and fire stations and things like that. And he would just go and he'd take them some baked goods, like some cookies or some you know, sandwiches cut up or something like that, and just come in and say, hey, we just want to thank you. Thank you. So we honor you. Thank you so much for the role you play in our city. We couldn't be the same without you. Oh, do you want, we want nothing from we just, We're just here to say thanks. Nothing. We're just serving others, being others-minded, others-focused. I mean, it, becomes a, it becomes a game changer when you kind of you just want to bless somebody and want nothing back, just to thank them and honor them. I tell you, I, I hear testimony still to this day from times where they would go out and visit. This is six, seven years ago. People still remember them coming in 
and thanking them and wanting nothing in return. It's an amazing, amazing difference. The you, becoming unselfish. Becoming unselfish. I mean, I don't know about you, but it's easy to say it's all about me. But when a game changer comes in and finds out it's all about them, it's all about serving them, um, it, it becomes an atmosphere shifter. And then the R is radical generosity. Radical generosity. And that's, I, I just love radical. I just love that because when you're radically generous with people, it messes with their mind. Like, why are you so nice to me? What do you want from me now? Um, there's a church in California that, in fact, you and uh, Bethel, um, that uh, the pastor was, another pastor in town, um, decided he was going to verbally go public and start beating up um, Bill Johnson. If you've heard of Bethel Church, he would just kind of beat him up, and um, Bill did nothing to reply back to this person. And so uh, he said one Sunday night he's felt prompted they're going to take an offering for this other pastor. He didn't tell the congregation it was for them. He just said we're going to take an offering for a church in town. Kind of real above board. That's Bill's style anyway. And so they took up an offering, and uh, Bill uh, got the funds the next day and went to the pastor's church um, and with the offering check. And this guy had just blistered him. And all Bill did is he came in and said, hey, listen, we just want to put a seed. We took a seed last night, and we just want to put a bless you, bless you in your church. Well, the pastor opened the check, and what, he, what Bill did not know was that the other pastor was not able to make payroll that, that cycle, and the check was like within a couple dollars, if you heard, the, within a couple dollars, the exact amount that pastor needed. I mean, that is radical generosity. People, people usually see, the, oh, there's the comp- competition. You know, uh-uh, they're the family. It's, fam- it's, it's going out, it's honor, and it's blessing. You start doing things like that, you radically generous. I mean, it, you become, it, uh, t- my wife gets... People will, because she's strong, she's um, very anointed, some people will kind of will bristle a little bit, but she'll pierce that, they become like best friends. And so, I mean, think about co-laboring together. If you, if you start, you know, if you're, it's like uh, in, in America, there's a, there was a basketball coach named uh, John Wooden, and uh, he coached at the University of California, Los Angeles, and he was one of the greatest college basketball coaches of all time. And what he focused on was he would say, if we become the best at what we're called to be, and stop worrying about what the competition's doing, then we'll, we'll be fine. And so to all too often, if you, are, if, you're, if you have five companies all in the same industry in this room, if your vision is customer service, if yours is sales excellence, if yours is um, market penetration, or whatever the case may be, if you're, if you're faithful to your focus and your vision, it won't matter what the other ones are doing. because I mean, God's an unlimited God. It's not that there's so much money and that's it. Right? God's unlimited. It's a poverty mindset to think there's only, uh-uh. That's what causes all these issues. Stay faithful to your vision, and you'll radically change the things going around about you. I believe, this is a statement, I believe community spheres of influence are meant to complete one another, not compete with one another. And I, more and more I see that and I come alive to it, and the more change comes to our city by team, people teaming up with each other to work to bring change. Uh, I love this Ephesians 4.16, and Destin, I, I release this all the time. It says, the body was meant to fit together perfectly. And as each part does its own special work, it causes the other parts to grow. So the body's full and edified and growing in love. And that's the functionality of that, I think, even in Brisbane. You kinda, it's how I look at my city. It's how I hope today you will look at your city a little differently because the same functionality of the body is the same functionality of a city. The city was meant to fit together perfectly. If it's not, you're not part of the city. If you're included in the city limits, guess what? That city was meant to fit together perfectly. It is. As each part does its own special work, as a garbage man cleans up, as a real estate person sales, as the, uh, the flight attendant does a thing, as, this, I mean, as each person does their own work, it helps the other parts grow because oil begins to flow from the top to the bottom. Everyone becomes saturated as it's going down, back and forth. Then the city is full and growing when the pieces come together and work in functionality like that. I've got a visual, and I, um, what I like about this visual is um, it didn't work for the slide today. But this is a background's Brisbane. It's just a, a road map. And what I've, a lot of times you'll find, these are different motors, for like a watch, you know, wheels with the watch. Is what I'll find a lot of times, and especially neighborhood-specific or industry-specific, they'll say, well, hey, you know, we got the functionality. We got this. We're, we're, we're self-contained. We're good in this point. Um, but the truth of the matter is at some point in time, you know, you may live here or whatever, but at some point you've got to go out and buy milk. Right? Or you've got to go to the store and buy a new car. Or you've got to go to the bank and make a deposit. Well, the bank's not in my thing. Well, oh my gosh, all of a sudden you find out that you need the functionality of what, other ha- what happens in other parts of the city in order to complete your lifestyle. Not everything is confined in the four walls of your neighborhood. 
So you look at and each one's unique. It's not meant. To, this is not unit. It's unity, not uniformity, right? It's it's the functionality of a city, not taken away from its parts. But it's the salve. It's coming in. It's as these things do not. You do not lose your identity. You do not lose your calling. You do not lose your gifting. You do not become less of a man or woman of God of who you are. You just recognize there's an oil that's meant to function and flow between each part, so that when this thing starts winding around, the city becomes on fire. It, it grows. The functionality is there. The economics are there. Everything begins to come together when the city starts functioning that way. It's a simple practice that if you can start getting a hold of, will bring change to your city. So unity, family, honor. A city of hospitality. And I'm going to start to close. Actually, Pastor Brad said, Happy Jacks is open until 5 or 6, so we're good. So we're good. All right, Brisbane City Limits. Now, th- I don't, this is not your street sign. This is just, I'm just, I love just to throw stuff out there and let it simmer a little bit, and you can kind of pray about it. Because, hey, the good news, I leave Tuesday, so if I say something upset you, then I'm going, no. I, I, um, but this, I, I challenge my city with this, so I'm just going to challenge y'all. If you're, if you're coming into to Brisbane, and, I, and say, I'm, I'm a guest, and I am. If I came in the first time, and I, I passed through a, a, Brisbane City Limits, I would think, okay, I'm in Brisbane, that's great. But what if I came through and it said, Brisbane City Limits, City of Hospitality? What if we became the City of Hospitality? Now, if you were a guest, and my city said Destin City Limits, and it said City of Hospitality, and you were a guest coming to my city, what would your expectation level do? It would rise. I'd be thinking, oh my gosh, this city's so good at hospitality, they've even called themselves a City of Hospitality. I'm really expecting to be served well, to be honored well. I mean, and the, the cool part about hospitality is most people hear hospitality, and you know what they think? They think, well, it's how I got checked into the hotel when I checked in. It's how I got served by my waiter or waitress last night. It's how, you know, those, that's what they think. They box themselves into, the, well, that's hospitality. But the truth of the matter is ho- the true definition of hospitality, it's the connection point between the guest and the host. It's the moment of truth. It's that moment of interchange reaction that takes place when someone's getting served and someone's receiving the service. And what I love about that is that principle, which is a kingdom principle, by the way, but it's palatable to the world. The world doesn't know it. But by honor and loving, that connection point not only works between someone that's from Brisbane and someone that's from America, but also works from someone that's from Brisbane and someone that's from Brisbane. It's the same spirit of how you treat each other how you honor each other, how you love each other. It's a declaration. I mean, Greg just gave us, Apostle Greg, some de- declarations over our finances. So let's start making some declarations over our city. So we are a city not only that strives for the best, we are a city that functions under the principalities of heaven with signs and wonders that will follow because we love well, we honor well, and we're a city of, in this case, hospitality. And that's, something, that's just something I'm throwing out there because I love it. Shifts we must make from an attitude of serve us to serve them. I kind of hit on that already. I think it's important that you kind of change your mindset and start. Of, it's not all about me. It's all about what I can do with what God's, God's given me. From measuring attendance to measuring impact. You know, uh, there's a church in Texas. They're uh, Texas in America, and they their number one focus is to minister to outgoing inmates of the Texans Texas Correctional System. I think they minister to around um, I think it's like twelve or fifteen thousand outgoing inmates a year. Um, and forgive me because I don't know the church's name. I, I like to give all the facts when I can. Um, their church is a, it's a pretty good-sized church. It's like 500 members in this church. Um, but they, they don't, they're not growing. They're just kind of stable, whatever. And there's an outside pastor that came in and heard what they're doing. Oh, my gosh, you're ministering to outgoing. I'm sure your, your church is probably growing. You're probably adding a bunch of numbers and all this kind of stuff. And the pastor said, listen, we're a church of 500. And I'd much rather be a church of 500 that impacts 15,000 than a church of 15,000 that can't impact 500. Right? All too often you get these churches, hey, man, hey, bro, have me. Uh-uh. I'd rather be a, city, a church of 50 that changes a city than a church that's a city that can't change one church. I mean, what are you doing? With, again, back, what are we doing with what God's been giving us? It's our moment in history that's going to define us. And so we need to start measuring the impact of what, of the, and being a great steward of what done, God's done from condemning the city to speaking life into it. Woo! Now, as mayor, you can imagine, I, I mean, I don't know if they call them spout-offs over here where people on the computer, they, they just sit behind their computer. They're probably just in their box or sitting there just cursing the city. What do you, what do you call it? Trolls. Trolls. 
Well, and we got trolls in Florida, and you can imagine as mayor, they love to make their voices known, but they don't make their identities known, right? They just love to curse. And, you know, the Bible says that life and death is right here, and he gives us a choice. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm sure there's things in Brisbane that you don't like. I'm sure there's some decisions made, you know, that you don't like. Um, and each, each moment, that moment of truth, there's a defining, defining moment where we can either curse that situation or we can bless that situation. If I, if I called you up, one of you, and I just said, man, you're, you know, if I, I mean, if I, can you mind standing up? All right, life. If I said, man, you're, you're awful. You're a terrible pastor. You're an awful son-in-law. As a husband, you're, psh, come on, as a father, man, you're missing the, bu- if I just blistered you with negativity, at some point in time, you're, I mean, I've, I've seen people's posture begins to start I mean, it's like, oh, my God, maybe I am. Is that true? Maybe I am bad. I mean, negativity affects us whether we want it to or not. Now, if I came back and said, man, you're, you're the light of the world. Man, you're amazing. I've seen you as a dad. You inspire me to be a better dad. Man, your role as a husband is off the hook. I've never seen a husband love his wife and honor her the way you do. As a son-in-law, you bring joy to the family. If you weren't in this family, we wouldn't be the same. Man, you're amazing. Thank you so much for being an inspiration to me. Now, think about the, the atmosphere in the room. Even think about what happened in the room. Now, if I came in blistering him or any one of you, what does it do to the room? It becomes, a, it becomes he- weighty, doesn't it? I mean, it, the kingdom and the atmosphere of the city is the same way. I can fill it with God curse this city or God bless this city. And if I speak life and blessings, it changes the atmosphere over the city. And an atmosphere sustained long enough enhances the climate. And the climate sustains long enough affects the culture. And so what do you want your atmosphere of your city? And if you're going to send curses up, guess what? When the rain comes down from your curses going up, it's going to spread curses. If I lift up blessings and honor and life, it's going to rain down blessings and honor and life. And guess what? That rains on the seed, which causes the seed to catch fire and grow. And inside has seed with reproduction. And then becomes more seed of reproduction. Then becomes more, well, Malibu only affected 100. You know, if I honor God in that 100, he'll give me 1,000. You know, I'll put 1,000 flight and then put 10. So multiplic- God is a God of multiplication. And it's a game changer. We start shifting from cursings to blessings, from building walls to building bridges. I even want to go as far. I heard this guy recently say, hey, you know what? I'm a believer in that. But instead of building the bridges, let's just tear down the walls. Why go through the construction effort of building a bridge when I can just tear down the walls? Again, that goes back to the functionality of a city working, co-laboring together with each other, not against each other, building unity, honoring what God's doing, honoring his body. I mean, this just goes back, God, thank you for the body you made. I want to honor that. It's the reflection upon Jesus Christ in the city is the body, the healthiness of the body of Christ. So, I want to challenge you when you leave. Um, where, I don't care where you're called to go uh, or where you work. Um, I want you to, this is a challenge. I want to consistently bring God encounters to other people. I want to consistently bring God encounters to other people. I want to be pray, when I leave the house, I want to be prayed up. On the way to work, I'll pray. If I miss the mark, I want to be sensitive to what God's doing. You know, all too often, and I this other night, here's my test case right here. But they all, I, mean, I believe this. People say, well, Mel, I've got to have a, I've got to be ordained in order to minister uh, away from the church. Or I've got to be prayed over, I've got to be anointed, or, well, you don't understand, I'm only this. I, you know, I, if I don't save them, if I don't give them an altar call message, I can't minister in the marketplace. I've seen the greatest impact in people's lives when, if they're having an off day, something as simple as, Going up and just saying, it's going to be okay. I'm proud of you. I believe in you. I'm so sorry, but it's going to be okay. Or, are you having a hard day? Oh, man, sh- it's everything. Man, this place sucks anyway. I don't, can't stand being here. You know. Uh-uh. Just the greatest ministry can be just be saying, I'm proud of you. I believe in you. Thank you for the, thank you for the difference you make in this, in this job. This, the workplace wouldn't be the same. Is it, it's sim- how, how hard is that? It's too easy, it's too light of lifting, and it's an atmosphere shifter. When you start honoring people like that in the workplace and want to consistently bring a God encounter to someone who may be struggling, because you have no idea what they just came from when they walked in that door. Their marriage could be in trouble. Their kid could have just left home. They could have found out that their mom or dad passed away. You have no idea what they just came through the door with. 
And you can either blast them or you can love them. Never take for granted God encounters once you leave this place. It, I believe one connection with God, one word prophetically or divinely released can change someone's life forever. With a prophetic house you serve, and I see it time and time again, please don't ever take that for granted. Don't ever take the gift and calling of God that's irrevocable upon this house. Ever take it for granted. Because the difference you make changes people's lives forever. It's affected me forever because of the gifting upon Christian International. And it will do the same thing in this place. So, Brisbane, Australia's third largest city, the capital of Queensland. Amazing climate that is near perfect all year round. It's a major tourist destination. It started as a penal colony and is now an amazing metropolitan city. It's Australia's top holiday destination, according to Discover Why. Uh, it's got Mount Tambourine, beautiful skylines, theme parks, island resorts, mountain views, ma- mountain ranges, and pristine beaches. And it's got you. You are the light of the world. Jesus' disciples occasionally skint their knee, right? And they were, came from there. Some of them were fishermen. They were salty. But Jesus always said one thing. But you're the light of the world. He always spoke over them what he had decreed over them. And they would always step up into that calling. Each of you have the same mantle and anointing as Jesus Christ. He, said, see, he in fact said, you'll do greater things than me. As I said Thursday night, I said now, until my shadow heals the sick, I know there's more. Until you're driving down one of these roads and the car comes over your shadow and it causes a revival to break out at Happy Jack's, you know there's more. Hungry Jack's. McDonald's. Mackers. Uh, uh, It's the same principle. So I just want to encourage you that there's a heaven exchange today. There's a mantle. There's an impartation that each of you, I just I want to pray for all y'all who want the impartation in a second, that's meant to look at your city differently to look at your neighborhood block differently, to look at your life and the call of God on your life differently, to know that you are called, you're consecrated by God, to radically change this city, to go from, as, a, as Greg released earlier, it's, it's a new season today. That's a prophetic declaration that you won't look at your workplace the same, your co-workers the same, your family the same, your children the same, the marketplace the same, your princi- principal, the schools, the fire chief, the police. You won't look, don't look at them the same. Look on that. They're teammates. You plus them plus God become the majority. When God's working in your life and, God, and there's more with you than against you, you become the game changer in this city. So if you, anybody, I want just to release, um, anyone called, how about whoever works outside the four walls of this church, please stand. If you are in your living outside the four walls of this church, please stand even if it's inside the four walls of this church. Everyone stand. Amen. Except Barb. You get, you get a hall pass. <laughs> yes, Lord. Yes, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Father, I thank you for your fire. I thank you, Father. I'm just reminded, Lord, even as the redwood trees in California, Father, their seed must be overcome with fire for it to grow. Father, I thank you, Lord, today you're releasing your fire upon everyone in this place. I thank you for releasing your identity, what you've called them to. Lord, I thank you, Lord, even right now, you're taking them to moments in their life. If it's not now, later, remind them where you spoke clearly in their heart what you wanted them to do, who they were. Father, I rebuke uh, even where attack enemies have, have come in and tried to steal their identity. Lord, today I thank you remind them that they're a warrior in your camp. Father, they're called ones. They're sent out ones. Father, I thank you, Lord, they're here to bring about change in the city. God, I thank you, Lord, that the blessings of the Lord would be their portion. I thank you, Father, the gift and calling of God. Father, they'll be restoked inside of them. Father, they would not look at their cubicle. They would not look at their city block. They would not look at their church. They would not look at the, the prime minister. They would not look at these things the same. But they would see them as you see them. They would look through the lenses of heaven and look down upon a city. That says, and they would start making declarations. As for me and my city block, as for me and my city, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Lord, I begin, Lord, I thank you, thank you that you begin to shift the atmosphere of this place for, for greater signs and wonders and miracles. Lord, you'd make way for cancer to be healed. We declare over Brisbane, it's a cancer free zone. But we declare over Brisbane, it's a, it's a city of great signs and wonders. 
God, I thank you, Lord, that the world's coming here already. Lord, greet them. We anoint and bless the doorposts of this city. The gates of this city, we bless them, Lord. Saturate them with your oil, Lord. So when people come through, marriages get restored. Children come home. People get healed of cancer. People get healed of leukemia, Lord. Lord, whatever they're struggling with, it gets left out the gates of this city because your presence is so strong in this city. Lord, pour out your presence. We're hungry for your presence. Release your glory. Lord, even as talking from glory to glory to glory, let them see deposits, heavenly deposits. When they go to get a coffee, when they go to the grow worse, when they go home, that's a continuous leaking of your goodness. And then fill them back up. Because let them comprehend as they release what they have, you'll give them more. You're a limitless God. Lord, I thank you. You're dropping uh, tiaras and crowns on the men and women in this room and reminding them and telling them, well done. You're my son. You're my daughter. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. We appreciate you. We honor you. God, I thank you, Lord, for you reminding us today that we are your body. We are chosen by you. Thank you, Father. You're an amazing God. Lord, I pray today, Lord, you'd stir the waters of heaven, of winds of heaven above their lives. I thank you, Father, Lord, that walk in your glory and your goodness, that you'd remind you to recalibrate their minds and their bodies back to how you made. You are the standard. You made them perfectly in your image. They are made in your image. Everything about them is perfect. Lord, honor them today and bless them today and recalibrate their bodies to the manufacturer's specs. As you decreed over them, well done, good and faithful servant. I bless them. The blessings of the city of Destin. I bless this city. I bless this church. I bless pastors Brad and Sarah. I bless apostles Greg and Joy. I bless this house. I bless it, Lord. Bring increase, Lord. I thank you, Father. You'd, in this next season of time, when you strategically place them, it'd be a sphere of influence, Lord, that whether you radiate like a diamond, whether you come from the east or west, north or south, Lord, the reflection you get upon this church as you drive by will be a reflection of God's goodness and his glory. Lord, it would be, I'd, I'd decree that it would be healings that take place when ones would drive by the new location of this church. Father, I thank you, Lord, for where you're positioning them will become a sphere of influence within this city and this region. Thank you, God. You're an amazing God. We love you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so very much. It's really honored to be with you today. Excellent. Let's thank Mayor Mel Ponder. That was brilliant. Thank you.